This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80. The NBA Finals are here and Jason Fitz is not, or at least he had to depart a little bit early for some, you know, some personal business. Chris Carlin with Harry Douglas this afternoon for this last hour of Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app presented by Progressive Insurance, Sirius XM Channel 80. The NBA Finals are finally here. The Heat and the Nuggets, Game 1, tonight, 8.30 ESPN, or rather, uh, 8.30 on ABC Eastern Time, and, of course, 7.30 on ESPN Radio. Marques Desher, Doris Burke, who is going to join us in about a half hour from now uh, to discuss all things Finals, as well as P.J. Carlissimo and Rosgold on Wude. The Heat have won game one in every series so far in the playoffs. That stops tonight. I am having a lot of trouble in trying to find a way to pick the Miami Heat in this series because I'm doing everything I can to do it. And it's just one of those times where you look at every aspect of a series You try to find ways to make the pick that you want to make, and yet you can't find that way. Now, sometimes you get kicked in the pants when that happens because you end up getting burned by not believing in a team's mojo or whatever's going on. But Harry Douglas, I got to tell you, I am searching high and low for a way for the Miami Heat to win this series and I know game one would go a long way toward it. I am having trouble finding them for the, a way for them to win tonight, and I am having trouble finding a way for them to win this series. Well, I'll tell you this, Carlin. It's going to be rough for the Miami Heat to win this series, but I think one of the things moving in the direction of that being able to happen, in my opinion, would be it's being able to win game one. Game one on the road in Denver, where you know that crowd is going to be unbelievable. You know the altitude is going to make a difference, but Eric Sposher doesn't care. He said drop him off anywhere. Those guys are going to be ready. If Jimmy Butler and company can steal game one, even though I still believe it's a far-fetched achievement to be able to beat the Denver Nuggets in this NBA Finals, you get game one on the road, I think you like your chances if you're the Miami Heat from their perspective because in every series before this one, They've been able to win game one, not only win game one, mm-hmm. but win game one on the road, Carlin. Yeah. Well, listen, if you do that, if you go into Denver and you win tonight, Harry, you are throwing an early haymaker. What oh, you're yeah. doing is that old adage of everybody's got a plan, got a plan until they take a punch, right? And that yep. would be a heck of a punch for the Nuggets to take early. And they, listen, the Nuggets have not lost at home during the postseason. They were 34-7 and at home this year. I get it. I understand that the Heat have done a great job on the road all season long, or not all season long, but all postseason long. To win three of the four that they did in Boston to win a series is basically unheard of. Not just the Boston angle of it, but more winning three road games in a series. Harry, this is the problem, though, for me with this kind of a matchup. Uh Uh-oh. You don't have answers. Like, I don't see definitive answers. Bam is a great defensive player. 
right? I don't think he's a great matchup for Jokic. I don't think that they have one definitive way that they can count on going. I don't expect them to stop Jokic, but I you want to try to find a way to contain him from making everybody else feel like they're getting their opportunity to eat. You know, if he's going to score 30, he's going to score 30. I just don't want him to have 15, 15 assists to go with it. Oh, here's the thing, though, Carlin. I, I don't think there's a solution for no. the Miami Heat. I, I really don't when it comes to defending Nikola Jokic. And I think when, when you look at Bam, Bam is going to have to, on the offensive end, make Nikola Jokic work. He can't allow him to be casual on the basketball court as a defender. But we also can't have a showing like Bam had in this playoff series against the Boston Celtics the last four games. And when it comes to defending Nikola Jokic, Bam hasn't had to defend a player of his caliber or a player with the skill set of Nikola Jokic this entire playoffs. Yeah. When you look at the Milwaukee Bucks, Brooke Lopez can play the perimeter, but he shoots a three. He's not a dribbler. You look at Mitchell Robinson, that's not his game. You look at Al Horford, that's not his game. Nikola Jokic could lead the break and diversify the basketball to multiple guys on the court and put them in the best positions possible to be successful. That's why it's going to be tough for Bam Adebayo and also the Miami Heat defending Nikola Jokic because you can't just say, hey, we're going to send two people at him because he's so good at that free throw line or that elbow area, which is one of the soft spots in that zone of making the right basketball play and giving his teammates open looks. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Uh, Chris Carlin in for Jason Fitz. Are we, we are going to know tonight, Harry, I fully believe this. We are going to know tonight whether or not the Heat stand a chance in this series. I, I think that absolutely will be the case. If the Nuggets go out there and cover the nine-and-a-half point spread without blinking and they win tonight by 15 – this could get ugly quick. And and it's it's I get it. It's killing me, Harry, because I love what the Miami Heat have become. And I couldn't stand the Miami Heat last year because I really feel like it, at their essence, they are a team that in some ways just ruins basketball. <laughs> like I just, they, I just, but I, I, I want to know what's the Heat answer for Jamal Murray? Because we're we're yeah. t- we're talking a lot about Nikola Jokic. And being able to contain him and try to slow him down, which I think is impossible. But on the flip side of this, we can't negate what Jamal Murray has been able to do in this NBA playoffs. We can't negate what we've seen Jamal Murray do in the sweeping series versus the Los Angeles Lakers and how phenomenal he was. And when the playoff lights come on, how he raises his game to another level and forms the best duo in basketball with Nikola Jokic. So defensively, I want to know what are the defensive principles for the Miami Heat, not just for Nikola Jokic, but when defending Jamal Murray as, as well. Well, here, here's the problem there, right? The Heat love to go zone. They they did it very effectively against Boston, who at times, especially in Game 7, looked as if they had never seen a zone before in their lives. But what's the principle? Get the ball in the middle, get it to the get it to Jokic, and Jokic can pass out of it and set everybody else up. I think they'll be okay there. But I also think, to your point, um, are you going to put Jimmy Butler on Murray a lot? I mean, I think you're going to put him on a decent amount. But, you know, also, as much as Jimmy is – 
just kind of the Energizer bunny and that he doesn't stop. I don't know how much you can milk all of that energy out of him on both ends, especially in Denver. Yep. I, I, I know what Eric Spolster said, okay? The altitude is a thing. The altitude is a thing to start. Now, I have heard it going both ways. Canty and I were talking about it this morning, and Canty was saying he feels like it's more of an issue for the longer few days that you are there. And then I've heard Jay Will say, well, if you're there for more than a day or two, then you know, then you're okay. It's really that first shot that you take at it. That, that to me, is why I feel like uh, even though we will get a really good handle on if they can win this series tonight, mm-hmm. if it's a close game, I actually kind of like the Heat in game two if that were to happen. Okay. If this is a tight game, I could absolutely see that. How important is it do they for you, for the Miami Heat, if they have a chance to win this series for them to win game one? I think it's very important. I think yeah. it, I think it, it's vital. It's up. If I'm going on a scale of one to ten, I think it's at a nine. Wow. I think it's at a nine. So if they lose tonight, you got them dead in the water. I do. Yeah. I think they win a few games, but I think game one is so important because when you look across the board, they aren't the best team. They don't have the best player in this series. Right? Nikola mm-hmm. Jokic is the best player in this series. Nikola Jokic is the best player in basketball at the moment. He just is. Mm-hmm. But you look at the role players. I like the role players better for the Denver Nuggets. But not only that, Jimmy doesn't have a Robin to his Batman, per se. Like in the manner that the Denver Nuggets have with Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. I, I get it. I, I get it. I I just think it's uh, – I, I don't worry about the Heat so much if they were to lose game one, Harry, because of their mental fortitude in this mm-hmm. and because of what they've been able to do through the postseason. I don't – but I do worry about it if they lose it in convincing fashion. Yeah. Because then it's, okay, we are up against something different here. It's Fitz and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive Commercial Insurance flexes to fit – your business's needs from quick repairs to adjustable coverages and even payment options. Progressive Commercial makes it easy to get what you need. Quote today in as little as six minutes at progressivecommercial.com. It's got to be a little bit of a culture shock or just a shock to the system for you in one second to look at Jason Fitz, who has an amazing haircut and weighs about 110 pounds, to looking at Bam Bam Bigelow right through the Zoom. And all of a sudden, your whole dynamic just changes in moments. Are you rattled? No, not at all. Not at You're all. the Miami Heat of talk show hosts. That's what you are. <laughs> That's what you are. Because I got to say, if I had to look at me, I'd be rattled. We are getting you ready. But we've done shows together, though. We, we've done true. shows together before. That's true. But going from Fitz, he's so perfectly quaffed and all that, to this, man, I'm sorry going to be a long hour for you (laughs) we're getting you ready game one of the nba finals up next in just moments and we're going to key you in on a new podcast that you have got to check out it's fitz and harry on espn radio and the espn app fitz and harry the podcast very cool this is going to be a lot of fun this segment Chris Carlin in for Fitz. It's Fitz and Harry, ESPN Radio. 
and on the ESPN app presented by Progressive Insurance. Can't forget about SiriusXM Channel 80. David Dennis Jr. is a senior writer for Anscape and host of Rap Stories. Now, Rap Stories is the first ever podcast from Anscape, and groundbreaking artists are invited to dive deep into one of their favorite albums from their catalog. And I, I love the process. I love the breakdown process, especially when it comes to creativity, Harry. So this is going to be a lot of fun. It's available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcast. David, it's Chris Carlin and Harry Douglas. Appreciate a few minutes. How you doing? Oh, thanks so much for having me, man. Great, great to be on. Let, let's just get here, begin here. When you started the process of doing this podcast, listen, you've been covering music for a long time. Was there a moment or two as you're talking to these artists where you're just kind of like, wow, I, I'm sitting here talking to this guy. This is nuts. I think, you know, I, I think it, it would have to be uh, talking to Goody Mob, talking to um, three of the members of Goody Mob. I mean, I, a lot of the early um, people that we've talked to were folks that um, I was connected to through my, through the blog era, through my time in music. So people I was, I was pretty familiar with, Freddie Gibbs, Currency, Little Brother, you know, friends of mine, things like that. But once we got Goody Mob, I mean, this was rap royalty talking about Soul Food, which was an incredible, um, classic, undeniable album, especially coming out of the South. I'm from Mississippi. It's just a, I mean, it's just one of those projects that um, blew me away when it came out. Just to sit there and hear them talk about the creative process. It was like, oh, we're, we're actually... We're actually doing a thing here that's pretty cool. Well, I would say you speak about Goody Mob. I'm here in Atlanta. I grew up on the south side of Atlanta in Clayton County. Um, my uncle that I uh, used to do a lot of things with Goody Mob, them uh, in this basement, had a studio down there and whatnot. They were so influential to a person like me and a lot of other people that I, that I kicked it with because of you know their style and how they were so unapologetically themselves. Like songs like the Dirty South, like it's heavy on my heart. They don't dance no more. So what's one thing that you actually learn from Goody Mob when talking to them? Well, one of the things that was that was incredible was their, their writing process. I mean, the way that they were just locking in day and night in that studio, um, hearing the fact that even though they're very meticulous, they're writing that CeeLo was in their freestyle in some parts of the album. I know some of those are obvious and some of those are not. But what was really cool was the fact that they recorded that album in Curtis Mayfield's house, uh, which to think about all of that brilliance in one space, uh, cranking out music is just something that, that, that's hard to get my, my head around. But yeah, I mean, they uh, talk so much about Atlanta. You know, I'm in Atlanta now. They talked about what Atlanta was like pre-Olympics and really took us in the, into that space. And so, yeah, I mean, it was just so many gems that they dropped. But I think the coolest thing is just imagine them creating this, this singular piece of art in Curtis Mayfield's house. David Dennis Jr., senior writer for Anscape. He is the host of the podcast Rap Stories. It is out available uh, wherever you get your podcasts. So without giving too much away, one thing I really, as I mentioned earlier, I love the process, I love the creativity, and I love learning about the creative process. So um, what were one or two things that kind of surprised you in talking to these artists about their creative process and was there kind of a common theme across the board yeah one of the things that uh that really surprised me when i think about the creative process is with khalifa we, we talked with khalifa about cushion oj which is um a legendary al album slash mixtape from the blog era and the fact that with khalifa was cranking out these songs and for the most part cranks out a lot of his songs in about 15 minutes start to finish 
I mean, and you think about some of these things that have become household songs and, and big singles like Black and Yellow and things like that, that he just made a couple of takes here or there. And when you get, I mean, it was sort of like listening to an athlete talk about when you're just in the zone, you're in the zone, and he was just cranking out songs, you know, multiple songs a day until he, until he got this piece of work. And, and I think the thing that, uh, to answer your second question about the, the strand that sort of ties all these artists together is the fact that nobody, for the most part, is totally satisfied with their own work. You know, we're our own, we're our own worst critic. So we're talking to these people about, about universally praised albums, and everybody had something that drove them crazy about the album, something that they wished they'd done better, even if it was a word that they said wrong or one line they said wrong or a beat that, was, that didn't come out the way they wanted. Everybody is critical of their own work, and to see these artists who've done such great stuff be critical of their own work was, was really eye, an eye-opening part of this experience. Yeah, that's pretty dope. Now, the NBA Finals are about to start tonight. We got to get your thoughts, my man. The Denver Nuggets are heavy favorites, but the Heat have shocked everyone in these playoffs up until this point. What are you expecting in Game 1? I'm expecting Game 1 to be the Heat's best chance to make some noise in this series. I mean, the I'm with the rest of the crowd here and the fact that I think the Nuggets are overwhelming favorites. I mean, I've bet against the Heat in the first round and the conference finals. I thought they were going to blow a 3-1 lead. I thought they were going to blow a 3-0 lead. So I don't think many people disrespect the Heat more than I have throughout this playoff run and has been proven wrong. But I think game one, you got to hope that Denver comes out a little rusty. you got to hope they come out nervous. And you you got to hope that the, the play versus rust thing and the, and the play thing – sort of, you know, comes out on top. And if you steal game one, then you make Denver a little nervous and you can sort of make a little bit of more noise. But if Denver comes out and they have the fresher legs and they run up and down the court and obliterate Miami in this first series, I think we're looking at a real short series. All right, David, last one for me. Of Jokic or Butler, whose legacy is most affected by winning a championship? You know, it is – It's. It's tight. It's that's one. That's a hard one to answer because I mean, Jokic is really putting himself in this new echelon through this playoff run. He's already got two MVPs, and we're talking about where does he sit in all-time big man stuff here. But Jimmy Butler, I, I mean, he's made a Hall of Fame case in this playoffs alone, just the stuff he's done. But I think Jokic, I think it's more Jokic because you can win a championship here, and if they win this championship and they blow through this team. It's hard to imagine them not being favorites next year. So we're talking about somebody who already has two MVPs, who's already rolling through a bunch of other centers uh, to on his way to this finals, who could really make a dynastic run and have some championships behind these MVPs. And then we're really talking about where is Jokic in the all-time big man conversation, which is rarefied air for any superstar. And for this guy to do this, I mean, I, I think we got to lean Jokic. Well, what you're saying that Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets, if they win this NBA title, do you see this being the start of a dynasty potentially in Denver? I mean, I think, yeah, I think potentially so. I mean, I don't want to jump, jump too far ahead, talk dynastic for a team that hasn't won the first, their first uh, game in the finals. But I mean, who else is that? Where's the dominant team in the West? Where's the, the dominant team anywhere in the league right now that you could say is, is markedly better than, than this Nuggets team. And what we see a lot of times with these first-time champions, they come back the next year and they look even better. You think about Golden State Warriors, who a lot of a lot of folks did not think, um, despite the regular season record, 
had what it took to win a championship, they come back the next year and they go 73-9. and nine. You know, you think about that first Bulls championship with Jordan, they beat the Lakers and they come back and they almost um, win 70 games that next year. So you have this sort of championship swagger that you get when you win and you get better the next year because you sort of know yourself a little bit better. So, yeah, I think they win now. They're probably going to be favorites to win next year. David Dennis, Jr., the podcast is Rap Stories. You got to check it out, especially if you are a lover of hip-hop and enjoy the creative process. He is a senior writer for Anscape and hosts the podcast Rap Stories, available wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy the finals. Thanks, David. Good luck. All right. Thank you guys so much. David Dennis, Jr., senior writer for Anscape. It is Chris Carlin in for Jason Fitz. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. We are about six hours away from game one between the Nuggets and the Heat. In moments, one of the very best joins us from Denver. Doris Burke breaks it down. This is Fitz and Harry, ESPN Radio, Radio Sirius XM, Channel 80. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. The finals. Who out there outside of South Floridians is saying right now out loud, oh yeah, I'll take the heat to win? Nobody's saying that. But sometimes teams have a chemistry. They have a belief. I think from top to bottom, both of these teams have immense playoff and championship presence. Denver is the far better team. Okay. I have them winning. I won't be surprised if Miami challenges or if they go on the win. Hey man, Jimmy gonna walk in there and he gonna go who? It is fascinating to watch Jimmy Butler in this series against the best player in the sport right now. Chris Carlin in for Fitz today. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Tonight, Game 1, NBA Finals right here on ESPN Radio. Coverage begins 7.30 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN Radio stations, Sirius XM Channel 80. It's Mark Kestisher, P.J. Carlissimo, Ros Goldon Wude, and... Our next guest, Doris Burke, who joins us right now, ESPN NBA analyst. Doris, it's Chris and Harry, and we appreciate the time from Denver on a busy day, I know. So let's just dive right into it. Uh, as you look at this series right now, what jumps out to you as the biggest, biggest aspect of it for the Heat to have a chance, especially in game one? just curious to see what they do defensively against Nikola Jokic, obviously. Um, I thought Eric Spolster was masterful, you know, uh, sending that zone opportunistically. I believe it was 222 times in this playoff run they've gone to the zone. Um, Does it have the same kind of effect uh, on on this Denver team? Um, Because individually, guys, and, and you tell me, when you look at the matchups, um, Bam Adebayo, the numbers aren't superb. Uh, for him against Nikola Jokic. Nikola's, you know, you look at him, his conditioning is now elite. That wasn't the case when he arrived. Um, His mind works so quickly. You'd think, bam, you know, stylistically, long, athletic, real twitchy, great lateral quickness is the perfect matchup. Uh, But but Jokic has had had success against him. So I, I guess the biggest thing I'm looking at is what is Miami doing defensively uh, to try to deal with the hub that is Nikola Jokic for the Denver Nuggets. Um, and then, is you know, can they sustain their shot-making, Chris, right? You know, from all-star break forward, 
Um, they went from the worst three-point shooting team to now the the best in the playoffs. Uh, Denver number two. I guess those two things are really popping for me early. So, Doris, everyone is focused on Jokic in this series, and rightfully so because mm-hmm. he's just that darn good. But Jamal Murray has been great all postseason long. Mm-hmm. This team is mm-hmm. undefeated and has not lost when he's shooting for um, 40% or over. How important has yeah. he been to the Nuggets' success? Oh, it's, uh, you know, the two-man tandem of, of those two guys, sort of that unusual dance they do, um, you know, where the screening action, you think one five pick and roll while the big is setting the screen. That's not the case, Harry, right? Like you see Jamal setting the screen and then trying to work those those matchups. And, you know, what a story Jamal is. From a guy who's in tears after his ACL, questioning Mike Malone, are you and the, the organization gonna going to trade me? to not playing the entirety of last year, even having some some of the fan base in Denver get frustrated and question his his decision making and the and the organization just holding firm in their belief of that young man. Um, tough, incredible shot maker, fearless fearless when it matters. Um, and I'm I'm curious about the Denver rotation, right? Beyond those two guys, Harry, like you know, um, how deep do they go? Feels like maybe Christian Brown lost a little bit of the trust of Mike Malone. Um, so definitely Bruce Brown, who's been exceptional in the pain, exceptional cutter, um, the elevation of uh, of the defense because of Aaron Gordon and his presence in KCP. And I'll say this, I think this series, a lot of it, and, and PJ and I were just on a conference call, it's like, the Heat are at their best, right? And Eric Spolster said this to us against Boston. We are at our best when we're forcing you into mistakes. So they they score the most points off turnovers. So turnovers and three-point shooting, like, what does it look like? What do those two numbers look like on either side of the equation here? Um, because that's a, that's a direct quote from Spo against Boston. Like, we're at our best when we're forcing you into mistakes. Denver had some turnover troubles in the regular season. That has not been the case in the postseason. Doris Burke, ESPN NBA analyst. She's got the call right here on ESPN Radio of Game 1 of the NBA Finals tonight, along with Kesty, PJ, and Rosgold on Wude. Uh, Doris, when you look at uh, this rust versus rest argument, where do you come down on it as far as the Nuggets are concerned? Well, I think, you know, obviously being at home helps, and I don't just mean that in terms of the altitude and the quick turnaround for the Miami Heat. I, I just think that, um, you know, it just helps being at home, having that comfort. And I, listen, is their rhythm as good as it was, you know, in the in the comeback they had in game four against the Lakers? Maybe not. And how long does it take? Does it take a quarter? Does it take, you know, you know, 18 minutes? I don't know the answer to that. I know I heard Michael Malone address this and say, listen, I'm a, I'm a little concerned about that. Um, but the only way to regain it is to go play. And I'm, I'm a huge believer in this. Like, throw yourself into the details of the game. In particular, throw yourself into the defensive end of the floor. Um, I've always found as a strategy that just gets your mind where it needs to be. Just play as hard as you possibly can, honor the game, and let the chips fall where they may. Doris, last one really quick. Caleb Martin, Gabe Vincent, I, th- I think those two guys, especially Caleb Martin, they've been phenomenal yeah. throughout the playoffs. Yeah. Do you expect them to carry it over to the NBA Finals? They're going to have to. I mean, let's be honest. And and think about Caleb Martin. I know I think I talked to you guys about this. I mean, the guy, they didn't guard him 
in the Eastern Conference Finals a year ago. And, um, you know, uh, Coach Spolstra ca- called Jimmy Butler top 1% competitive will guy in all of professional sports, like just that that will to win. And, and shortly thereafter, we sort of brought up Caleb Martin, and he said the same, competitive, tough, fearless, doesn't mind, and willing to learn. Um, and his willingness to say, all right, Boston, you didn't guard me last year. Shame on me if I let that happen again. Um, so I think those guys are going to have to be fearless shot takers and shot makers. Um, and, and, and Gabe, very much a gunslinger like Caleb is. I, I don't think they hesitate. And that goes back, Harry, to me. And this is the beauty of this series, right? You have two superstars who do nothing but empower and raise the level of the guys around them. Jokic, he doesn't become a two-time MVP until he finally realizes, oh, shoot, there's times where I've got to flex as a scorer if I'm going to show off my brilliant passing. The fact is sometimes teams would make him score because his nature is pass at first. Jimmy Butler empowers. Kyle Lowry talked about this. He goes, we've got great faith because he allows us to be competitive, aggressive, um, come with the right mindset. He said it's never always about Jimmy Butler. It's about our group. And that's a beautiful thing to start the series in my mind is that these two superstars want the guys around them to do well. Doris, great stuff. Have a great call tonight and the whole series. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. Doris Burke, she on ESPN Radio tonight with Kesty, with PJ Carlissimo, with Ros Golden Wude, and Kevin Winter has got you covered from the studio. All the coverage begins tonight, 7.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio stations and on Sirius XM Channel 80, and of course the game, 8.30 Eastern on ABC. Chris Carlin in for Fitz for this last hour, along with Harold Anthony Douglas. That's right. Look at him. Laughing already. You forgot that I did that, didn't you? Anyway, (laughs) up next, the Heat have a chance to complete something that would really be off the charts amazing in the all-time feats of professional sports. Where would it rank? We discuss next. It is uh, Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. In their 47th season in the NBA, the Denver Nuggets are going to the NBA Finals. We're not satisfied. I think that's one message that's coming out of our locker room right now. We understand that we're heading to the NBA Finals, and we have four more games to try to win. The Heat become just the second eight seed ever to make the NBA Finals. We know we have more work to do, but damn, is this hard. The longer you're around in this business, you realize the harder and harder it is to do something like this. I will be rooting like heck for the Miami Heat. I'm I'm just, I don't see it. I don't see it, Harry. Chris Carlin in for Fitz, along with uh, Harry Douglas. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80. I always enjoy the videos on social media of you swinging to the music throughout the course of the show. And I can count <laughs> on at least one or two a day being on my timeline. I love it, though. Uh, the music, I, I do everything to music. Like, yeah. Music is an inspiration to me. Music puts me in a happy place all the time. Music and candles. Yep. Are we are we still are we have candles fired up for the show today or no? Yeah. Well, actually, I just I just blew them out um, during the two o'clock hour. Oh, so I don't get candles. I'm not special enough to get candles. Well, I always blow them out during the two o'clock hour. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Harry, you know, as much as I don't see it happening, if the Miami Heat were to complete this, think about everything that they have gone through here to get a chance to win a championship. If they were to beat the Denver Nuggets, they would have beaten two number one seeds, a number two seed on the way here. They would have lost three in a row after getting ahead 3 nothing in the conference finals, only to somehow regroup and win a game seven, which to me on the road is just one of the staggering feats as it is uh, to begin with. But when I look at everything encountered here, whether it's the play-in and how much they struggled there to all of what we just talked about, this is going to be up there. This is going to be one of the great upset championship runs of all time. Carlin, I, I think so too, because when you look at everyone that they were able to go through, if they are able to get this done, you talk about the number one overall seed, not just in the Eastern Conference, but a team who had the best record during the regular season, the Milwaukee Bucks. And then in the Eastern Conference Finals, against the Boston Celtics, who had the second best record in the NBA. And then now you're going to be able to face a guy in Nikola Jokic um, and Jamal Murray, who a lot of people view as the greatest duo in basketball right now at the moment. Nikola Jokic winning back-to-back -back MVPs before Joel Embiid won it this season. But the Denver Nuggets had the fourth best record in the NBA and if they would have had one more win, they would have been tied for the third best record in the NBA. So you look at who the Miami Heat would have went through to be able to do it. You talk about Giannis Antetokounmpo, even though he wasn't there for every game, mm -hmm. but the two games that he did play, they had double-digit leads in the, fourth, in the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. And the Miami Heat found a way to win those basketball games. You talk about the Boston Celtics and the duo Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. You overcame those two guys. And then to be able to do it against Nikola Jokic, who, who we all are fond of as a basketball player, as a, a high IQ player, arguably the best big man to ever play the game because he's so cerebral in everything that he does on a basketball floor. It's not just dominating the paint. It's being able to shoot the ball at the three-point line from the elbow, shooting a high percentage from the free throw line, um, being able to, you know, play with his back to the basket, but get the rebound on the defensive end and go down and mm. lead the fast break and, to, and diversify the basketball. All these things, when I look at the Miami Heat, if they win this NBA championship, will be one of the greatest, in my opinion. All right, so we'll, just quickly, we'll stack up a few of them. The 07 Giants, New York Giants, winning the Ooh. Super Bowl, beating the undefeated Patriots. Yes. I covered that team. Nobody saw that coming. Um, you know, 85 Villanova uh, winning the national championship, beating Georgetown. Mm -hmm. NC State in 83. Uh, the 1980 Miracle on Ice, the U.S. hockey team beating the Russians, who they have just, who they had absolutely gotten hammered by earlier uh, in both exhibition play and, and getting ready for it uh, in the rounds, too. And then uh, the Mavericks in 2011 beat the Lakers with Kobe, Gasol, and Lamar. Uh, they beat the Thunder with KD and Westbrook and Harden, and they beat the Heat with LeBron, Wade, and Bosh. I mean, you talk about some great runs there. 
This Heat run would be up there with this, with those runs. I honestly believe that. Well, yeah, and, and I think the, the two that really stand out to me that you mentioned was the 2007 Giants. Yeah. Um, being able to be the number one seeded Cowboys uh, who went 13-3 and three in a divisional round. Yep. Being able to be the number two seeded in the AFC, I mean number two seeded in the NFC, the Green Bay Packers in the NFC Championship game, going to Lambeau. One of the coldest games I've ever seen. Going to Lambeau. Yeah. Right? Yep. And then beating the undefeated New England Patriots with Randy Moss and Tom Brady and all those phenomenal players that they had on that team. But when I look at that 2011 Dallas Mavericks team, they don't call him Dirt Diggler, or I should say Dirt Diggler for no reason. <laughs> Dirt was out there digging holes in people's hearts left and right, Carla. Listen. It's gonna for me. It's gonna be up there because when you look at the talent, comparatively speaking, on this team, it would be nothing short of miraculous for them to win a championship. Here's the thing, Harry. I just looked up on the screen and it says Canty and Carlin is next. Like, I, wait a minute. I was uh -oh. already on and now I'm on again. Am I on again? Uh oh. I mean, I gotta talk to my agent, dude. Do it. You've been listening to the Fitz and Harry podcast. You can listen to the guys live weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio. And you can watch on the ESPN app.